Today, we're announcing more help for more Canadians. This includes topping up the pay of essential workers. At the same time, we'll also be expanding the Canada Emergency Response Benefit to reach people who are earning some income, as well as for seasonal workers who are facing no jobs, and for those who've run out of EI recently. That was Prime Minister Justin Trudeau speaking earlier this morning. So let's bring in Lior Semfiru, employment lawyer, also a partner at Semfiru to Markin LLP. Lior, thank you so much for being with us again. Good afternoon, Joe. What's your takeaway? We just heard a little bit from what the Prime Minister announced this morning as far as changes to this benefit. Well, these changes were absolutely required and were something that uh, has been demanded essentially since the the benefit was first announced. And the big issue, or perhaps the biggest issue with the benefit up until now, is that you would have had to have a complete and total uh, elimination of your income in order to qualify. So if you are still working a bit, you you wouldn't have qualified. And other than that being an obvious problem, it also provides a disincentive for anyone to work a bit because then they wouldn't get the benefit. Uh, so that is being addressed by the government, although we don't have all the details. Essentially what they've said is that you now, uh, if, if you're making $1,000 a month or less, you would still qualify for the benefit. Presumably that means that you will have your salary reduced to $1,000. Uh, so we need some more details. But that is certainly welcome news that you can continue earning some income, whether it's by going back to work or if you've had your hours reduced and get the benefit. And the other uh, big change is, is, is in the clip that you've just played, seasonal workers, individuals that would have expected to enter the job market now in the spring and summer months and cannot do so, uh, rather than say, well, you're left to your own devices, they're going to have some help. And finally, those who have recently gotten off EI and would have expected to find employment but now cannot do so, uh, those individuals will qualify as well. The idea being that there's individuals affected in, in many categories, not just those who were working and stopped working directly, and now they're going to be uh, able to get the benefits. So I think that uh, those are, are terrific changes. Uh, I put the call out for people if they had questions to email me with them. There is uh, no shortage. I'll try to get to as many as I can. And I think you may have kind of answered this one. Uh, this is a listener who wrote, uh, what about people with multiple jobs and have been terminated from only one of the jobs? Would they qualify for CERB? Or is the standard EI the proper uh, option? She says in her case, uh, one half of her monthly income is from one job. She's been temporarily terminated because of COVID, but her other job is secure. So under the, the old rules, you would not have qualified for the CRB because even though you one job, now your income is zero, you're still getting some income from other uh, employment, so you wouldn't have qualified. Well, right now, that's been changed somewhat, that if you're, as a result of this change, if you're making $1,000 a month or less, you would still qualify for the benefit. But it, it still pr- uh, provides a bit of a problem in that if you're making now you know, $1,200 uh, and you were making $5,000 a month, you would not get the benefit. But at least there is a baseline there that allows people to do some work. All right. And that makes sense. And she said she applied for EI, but she was automatically transferred to a CERB and she's already got the $2,000. 
the one thing that uh, the listeners have to be aware of is that anyone that applies to the CRB actually gets it. That doesn't mean that everyone that applies actually legally qualifies. And if you get the benefit when you shouldn't be getting the benefit, you may have to repay it down the road. So actually getting the money doesn't mean that the money is paid to you. So I do encourage everyone to inform themselves as to whether they actually qualify before they go online and uh, submit their application. Good advice. Uh, This person writes, I had to lay off my employee due to loss of business. What's left, though, will not cover my expenses. Is there any help for small businesses still making income but not enough? Well, the, the same rules apply, at least with respect to the, uh, the CERB, uh, and that if you're a self-employed, or in this case a, a business owner, you, you would still get it if you're making a minimal, I guess, $1,000 level of income. Uh, so you can get that benefit. For small business owners, there's a bit of other relief. There's uh, tax deferrals, uh, both in terms of income tax and GST. There's also business loans of up to $40,000 that are uh, much more easy to obtain and done very quickly for business owners. Uh, But beyond that, the CRB benefit applies to to individuals that are self-employed in the same way as it would apply to regular employees. All right. This person acknowledges, saying their question appears to be somewhat of a first world problem, but says, the company I work for has been designated essential service. They've applied for the work share program. Uh, which I have been unofficially uh, into until the company gets approved. We are only allowed to work 50% of our regular hours, so I've had to use my vacation time to make sure I still get a full paycheck. Can I get reimbursed for any used vacation time while we're waiting to be approved? Uh, the answer, unfortunately, is not in that an employer can require you to, to use vacation and, and whether you choose or the employer uh, chooses to have you use it. Once you've used it, you cannot get reimbursed for it. Uh, and I've had many individuals telling me that my employers telling me I have to take my vacation. Even in those situations, you may not want to do that. You may you want to save it for the holidays to go away with your family. Despite that, if your employer requires that, there's really no choice. The employer does get to make the call and there's no reimbursement. Hmm, interesting. All right. Uh, this person writes, I'm retired. I'm over the age of 70. Last year, I earned more than $7,000. That work has now been canceled because of COVID-17. I collect uh, OAS, CPP, and a provincial pension. The application for uh, CERB doesn't mention pensions. I work part-time to make it easier to pay off a line of credit. Is my pension considered income for the CERB? That's a great question, one that I've been getting quite often over the past uh, couple of weeks. And, and the answer is no, they, it would not count as, as income. So if you were working and now you're not working, or working and earning income and you've met the $5,000 threshold over the last year, you would qualify for the CERB, the $2,000 a month, even though you have other sources of compensation that you have, in this case, through CPP. So, yes, this person would qualify for the CERB. All right. And that's because, again, he made, he says he made over 7000 So because he's over that threshold? Yeah, over the $5,000, either in 2019 or in the last 12 months, either one, if you have $5,000 or more, you get it, of course, so long as you've had the applicable pay reduction as a result of the virus. All right. This person writes, my question is regarding the fact my employer has cut back my salary by 20% and my work hours by 20%. I'm an office worker in an office of professionals. Do I qualify to apply for the benefits in view of my shorter hours and less pay resulting from the virus? 
So here's the, the answer to that, that is unless that the, uh, the compensation now is at $1,000 or less because of the reduction, they wouldn't qualify. Obviously, if the reduction now means that they make $1,000 or less a month, they would. But the pay reduction in and of itself does not qualify them to the benefit. One of the things that people who are experiencing a pay reduction should keep in mind is that despite the current economic conditions, an employer does not have an inherent right to reduce pay which may give an employee the right to treat that reduction as a constructive dismissal. Some may choose to do so, some may choose to accept the reduction, but there's actually no automatic inherent right for an employer to reduce an employee's pay. What if they're doing it, and this might be outside the the CERB questions, but what if they're doing that based on the wage subsidy, if they qualify for the 75%? Because some employers are doing that, they're reducing workload by 75% in hours and salaries. So the, the subsidy will allow, of course, uh, employers to, to offset uh, wages and, and to allow employees to get paid uh, 75% of their wages. But if the net effect of what's happening to the employee is that ne- they're now making 75% of their income, regardless of whether that comes directly from the employer or by way of a subsidy, the employee's choice is either to accept that reality, continue working, and hope that at some point things go back to normal and their salary is now at 100%. So that's option one. Or option two is they may be able to treat that reduction as a termination of their employment. We call that a constructive dismissal and pursue their termination entitlement. So regardless of how or, or, or why that, that pay is reduced, an employer doesn't have that inherent right to tell an employee, you're now making less money, even if they're doing it for the right reasons, even if they're not trying to pick on the employee, it's the economic conditions that are dictating it. There's still no inherent right to do that. All right. A couple more questions. We'll try and get these ones in, too. This person writes, I received the first CERB payment through EI. I was also sent a four-digit code to upload my weekly records for EI. My question, do I need to continually upload weekly records through EI to receive the CERB? That's a very good question. The way that the CERB worked is if you had applied for EI after March 15th, you're automatically shifted to the CERB. So you're not actually getting EI, you're getting CERB, which means that while you're getting the CERB, you do not need to file reports with EI because, again, you're not getting EI. So you may have processed, been processed through the EI system, but now you're in a different system, the CERB system. And as long as you are in that system, you do not have to file those reports. There's no requirement of these reports uh, with the uh, CRB system, you will resume those reports if at some point you shift back to EI after the CRB runs out. And one more question. My wife worked March, April, May, June 2019, but made less than $5,000. She hasn't worked since. If she did try and get part-time work, her medical conditions would make that difficult. In January, she had a doctor fill out CPP disability and application form and send it to government. She hasn't heard anything about the disability payment being approved or not. Can she apply for CERB? Unfortunately, she would not unless the government implements some additional changes that would cover this because she does not meet that $5,000 threshold, even though obviously it's not for lack of wanting, of course, uh, there, was no, there would be no ability to, to get that benefit. But again, this is a, a, a moving and living thing right now. This could well be changed in the coming days, but as things stand right now, Jill, she would not uh, be able to qualify. And this person was wondering, you mentioned this, so the, the threshold is still the $5,000 minimum income, but this person is wondering if business expenses are brought into that factor, saying that the business expenses can drop the income below the threshold. Well, we are talking about gross income, ultimately. 
So, uh, you know, you may have actually, if you're a business owner, you may have paid yourself less than $5,000, but if the, the, your business earned $5,000, regardless of what the net income was, you would qualify. So that's the threshold. The gross income earned, if you're a self-employed individual, earned by you, regardless of how much you're actually able to pay yourself. All right. Uh, very good uh, advice and answers. Uh, Lior, thank you so much for answering everybody's questions today. I'm sure we'll have more in the future. Uh, we'll leave it there for today, though. Thanks again. Thank you. All the best.